look, obviously uh, a, a disappointing loss. Um, kind of a hard-fought game that, you know, we kind of felt at halftime this was going to come down to a possession. Um, we didn't make enough plays. Um, there'll be some things, and I just told our team, there'll be some things we like that we see on this film, and then there'll be some other things we've got to correct. I thought the penalties were a tick high for us. That's going to hurt us. I thought we defended the run well. Um, kind of go from there. Any questions? That was Sean Payton after his debut as the Broncos head coach, feeling a familiar result of, of some of his um, predecessors in that role. The Broncos on Sunday lost their week one 2023 opener to the Raiders 17 to 16. It was a seventh loss in a row to the Raiders dating back to the start of the 2022 season. Denver has still not beaten the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and uh, it was the exact same score by which the Broncos lost their week one game last year in Seattle, 17 to 16. We're going to get into it all now on the Not Another Bucking podcast. I'm Nick Cosmater. I covered the team. I covered, still do, I think, as of today, cover the team for the, the Athletic. Joined by producer Matt, Matt Cosmiter, um, going to be with us tonight, uh, just sort of breaking down this game that, that he, he watched as well. And, you know, the, the first thing I want to get into here um, when we're talking about this game is there, there were differences um, in what we saw a, a year ago. Like, right, we're, we're talking about kind of, hey, this, this bottom line looked the same. It, it's an offense that put up 16 points. But there's differences, right? They, they had six possessions in this game, scoring 16 points. It was a different kind of game. Um, you know, so, so the, the point per possession obviously is is higher um, than than in your typical 9-10 possession game when you're scoring 16 points like they did a year ago. Um, but but ultimately, they are dealing with some of the same issues. And it, they get exasperated by, exasperated, exasperated by these injuries that they have um, let me hold on. Let me see. I, exacerbated, exacerbated. But they get exacerbated by these injuries that they've had, right? Jerry Judy did not make it to the starting line in week one with that hamstring injury. They, they'll hope to have him back against the commanders next week. Greg Dulcich, they're, they're kind of mismatch joker playmaker tight end uh, who had a couple of big catches in the first half. He hurts his hamstring right before halftime and, and he's out. Uh, for the second half. And you just start to feel this lack of speed, this lack of playmaking talent in those moments that really matter for the Broncos, like they did in the second half of this game, where they had a 16 to 10 lead uh, midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, they go up 16 to 10 on a field goal in which they had gotten a first and goal at the eight up by three, have a chance to create a two-score cushion when in a game, like we said, with this few possessions, that's your opportunity to win the game in that moment. They can't come up with that score despite a first and goal at the eight. They settle for the field goal. Raiders go right down and score. Broncos have one more chance, end up punting, don't get the ball back. So we're going to get into a few things, but but that was my overarching takeaway is this team is going to be more balanced under Sean Payton. They got, they got to the line of scrimmage quickly. Um, they executed a perfect end of half situation in the first half where they, they expertly, you know, Sean Payton expertly uses his timeouts as the clock's ticking down for the Raiders with about three minutes to go in the first half. They get the ball back with about 2.30 to go. 
no timeouts, but on the right side of the two minute warning, they go down and they score a touchdown. Um, and, and they, you know, so, so again, things like that, that we just didn't see a whole lot last year, but man, Matt, this, this team is going to still be playing on, on a razor's edge where you just feel like, gosh, they're going to have to be darn near perfect a lot of weeks in order to win the game. Yeah. And, you know, Samaj P. Ryan had one reception where he broke a tackle and took it for about 20 yards in the second half. But apart from that, you didn't watch in the game. You didn't really have a lot of those like individual playmakers making plays. You, we didn't see Jaleel McLaughlin make any play besides a seven yard loss where he, I mean, he get, I guess he got face masked. So I mean, that's kind of an explosive play for the Broncos offense this week. Um, but apart from that, there just wasn't that kind of um, really standout star performance and not having Jerry Judy affects that. And definitely losing Greg Dulcich, who we earlier in the week on the podcast mentioned or last week, I think mentioned was kind of looking like their number two receiver behind Cortland Sutton coming into the game. Um, so losing both those guys early on definitely didn't help, but yeah. like we did mention though, that there are positives to take from this game. The script, the first scripted plays from Peyton or from Sean Payton is one of the things that he does so well as a coach. He comes in with a, with a clear game plan and the players executed that really well. They went down on their first drive and they, they scored a touchdown. Um, they looked like a well functioning offense. Russell Wilson was moving out of the pocket. The offensive line was holding up pretty well. All things considered. I thought McGlinchey played pretty well today, considering what he was up against for the most part, um, at, at least in pass protection, the, the running, the running game wasn't quite what they were hoping, I think. But I think given what the level of skill is on this team, this is the kind of game they played the way that they needed to to win. Um, and unfortunately, there were just a few – the ball rolled the wrong way a few times for them, and they, that ended up not happening tonight. Yeah, and, and that – like, you, you make a good point, like, in, in some context for this stuff too, right? Like, they were sort of not a good out-of-the-package team last year among amongst many of their faults. Like – they only had in 17 games last year. They only scored a touchdown on their opening drive twice. Um, they did. They do that here in week one. Uh, Russell Wilson only threw two first quarter touchdown passes all of last year. He throws a first quarter touchdown pass in his in his first game. Uh, he did not have a game last year in which he had two touchdown passes until week four. He has two touchdown passes in the first half. He only had three games last year in which he threw two touchdown passes. Um, and in, on both of those plays, they were nearly identical. He he comes in um, that they they develop a play in which he's got guys uh, uh, in various levels across the formation going to the right in the end zone. He has some pressure both times. He ducks out of it. The first one, the touchdown to Lil Jordan Humphrey in the back of the end zone, was a great play by Wilson. Like Crosby, McGlinchey did play him pretty well. I thought they they used a second blocker a lot where where they had a they had a tight end chip him way out. And then McGlinchey got to kind of get in his set for a while and, and really kind of get ready for him. But in one of those times, Crosby did get right inside of uh, McGlinchey and, and kind of right in Wilson's face. And Wilson just really calmly ducked back around McGlinchey to use him almost as like a, a pick in, in basketball. And then goes goes to his right, hits that throw. The second throw to Cortland Sutton with only 12 seconds left in the second quarter was a similar play where he gets out to his right. Um, he played really well. He he completed 17 passes in the first half. He had never he didn't complete more than 15 passes uh, in any first half of all of last year. So again, like they hit these benchmarks offensively in the first half that like were either rare or non-existent a year ago. And 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 I think in a game in which they only had six possessions, which you and I were talking about, you go you can go back 20 
three seasons of Broncos football. That's as far back as true media tracks it. And they never had fewer than eight possessions in a game. So like they made the most out of what they were doing offensively. And you're right. I don't think every game plan they're going to be able to say, Hey, we're just going to bog it down this week. Like a couple of weeks, they go to the, they go to the Miami to play the dolphins who put up 36 on the Chargers day. That's going to have to be a different game. Um, but, but they executed the game plan. Well, they did what they wanted to do. Um, and, and I think there's not really much that Sean Payton did that you can, um, you know, say, Oh my gosh, you know, what, what were they thinking? He, they, they on, he onsides kicked to start his Broncos tenure. And, you know, you can, you can call, you can say whatever you want to say about it. He, he said afterwards, it wasn't some random thing. Um, we, we had seen it on film, this exact thing. And to his credit, like, they, the Raiders were not in any way prepared. Like the only person near that ball when it first neared that 10 yard mark was Traymond Smith of the Broncos. He happened to touch it just a hair before that 10 yard mark. Um, and so they get the illegal touch. The Raiders get the ball at midfield. Um, but right. And like, I, I get that. And like the play looked like it should have worked. So in theory that, I mean, we absolutely love to congratulate Sean Payton when he does makes those kinds of calls, like at the Super Bowl, and they work, and they are very gutsy calls. But there is a downside to that kind of play calling. The Raiders didn't move the ball consistently this entire game. It was something where they also had hit or missed drives. They only put up a pair of touchdown drives themselves. One of them, though, was off of that onside kick where they only had to move 45 yards to be able to score a touchdown, which they did. So... While agreed, it should have probably worked. There is that downside that if you kick that ball away, are they able to move 75 yards and score a touchdown? Maybe, maybe not. But I just, there is something to be said about when you have a defense that this is this dominant. Do you want to start the game off by putting their backs to the wall that early on and kind of setting the team up where you're playing from behind? Yeah, yeah, no, it's not like, it's definitely not a thing that's without risk. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that they had, they had talked through it you know, ad nauseum. I think part of it was sort of understanding that this was going to be a low possession game. And, you know, you're, you're saying, Hey, maybe we can come out and we can steal one right away, get the ball back. Like situationally, they sort of understood where this game was going to be. And it really kind of played out that way. Um, like I, I had mentioned that the way that they handled the end of the first half was, was, was brilliant. Um, but, you know, I would I would push back on the notion that that the the, the Raiders' offense didn't execute for much of this game. I, I thought they were actually pretty good, and for for the main reason being that the Broncos were unable to put any substantive pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. Now he is a guy, and and that what they run Josh McDaniels they run that Patriots that quick hit offense. There's not a lot of like slow long developing plays. There's not a there's not a ton of opportunities to get after the, the passer, but even, but there still are always going to be those third and long obvious passing situations. There's going to be, you know, um, second effort plays where he has to leave the pocket. Um, and the Broncos just did not produce consistent pressure in those situations. Uh, even when they blitzed, they were not able to get to Jimmy Garoppolo with any kind of regularity. And, and you saw how that started to really, um, you know, really hurt Denver in, in on that last play, the, the last real play of the game. It's a third and seven, uh, third and six, something like that. And the 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 Forty Niners are the Forty Niners. Jimmy Garoppolo, the Raiders. Uh, they get a first down. They melt the clock away. He drops back. They they brought a blitz to try to make sure 
that they got there and he is still able to evade and, and get eight yards and pick up the first down and then they, they kneel out the ball from there. So that's another thing that we, we had talked about a lot going into the season was no more Bradley Chubb. They didn't draft anybody uh, from a pass rushing perspective. They didn't go out and sign anybody in free agency outside of Frank Clark, who at this point looks like he's just going to be kind of a situational pass rusher for them. Um, so, so there, you know, there's big questions there. They're going to have to figure out a way Vance Joseph is to manufacture pressure. And if ultimately that means more Drew Sanders, I, I don't know what that's going to look like, but they've got to figure out a way to get up after the passer. They do. I, I, I would argue too, though, that coming into this week, we talked about what are the keys for the Broncos defensively. And we said we had two main keys. It was stop Devontae Adams and don't let Josh Jacobs run all over the place. And if you're game planning around Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and you're saying the other people may get some plays and get some yards, but we're okay with that because we think we can keep pace with the other players in the game. I mean, Josh Jacob carried the ball 19 times for 48 yards, two and a half yards of carry. Like that's phenomenal defense. That's the league leader in rushing last year. And you held him to two and a half yards per carry. That's phenomenal. Devontae Adams, he had a pretty big catch on the first drive on fourth and one where he kind of ran a pick route and, but that it was able to find find some space to convert on a first down. But overall, Pat, when Pat Sertain was against him, he played phenomenal defense. Um, when Sertain wasn't on him because they'd moved him to the slot, they were bracket coveraging him. Like they had, they put a lot of focus into stopping those two guys, and they did a really good job at that. So I wonder, I'm wondering if they prioritized stopping those two guys, stopping the run, stopping Devontae Adams beyond some of the more exotic blitz packages that you might have seen. But then that last, the last play that does definitely stand out. You bring, you bring six and you, and you lose contain and uh, Garoppolo runs for that eight yards. And that just ices the game. And that, that feels horrible for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that, that was, that was the, you know, those were the two big drives you look at was the one that they finished before Garoppolo picked up that first down. The Broncos had one other opportunity on that drive to potentially get the ball back. Um, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo hits Jacoby Myers, just in front of the first down marker. He's kind of going going for the ball, awkwardly goes down, and here comes Kareem Jackson, who um, had lowered had, had um, lowered his shoulder in a similar way, but kind of clearly hit in the chest uh, Devontae Adams early in the game. The, the, the fourth down catch you were mentioning, he got walloped by Kareem Jackson, um, but it was a clean hit. They, the, the referees ruled that this one was, um, was a penalty, Again, it, it's it's a it's we talked to Kareem in the locker room afterwards. He says it's just one of those bang bang situations where it is it is very very difficult for a defender. But again, there, there's a maliciousness or not, which it wasn't for him. He, he's like they he knew the down and distance, like that he had to stop him from getting a first down. That was the only way they're going to get the ball back and win the game. Um, and, and so you're kind of doing that by any means. But it was one of those things where. It looked bad, um, and and obviously Myers Myers stayed down, and the flag came out a little bit late on that play. Um, so it was a tough one for them there because that that was essentially it. The, the Raiders needed one more first down. Even had they stopped Garoppolo, um, the, even had they stopped Garoppolo for, on on the eight yard run, you would have had a um, you you would they probably would have kicked a field goal there with uh, about a minute left to go up four no timeouts for the Broncos have to go down and score a touchdown. It, it was going to be um, a really difficult situation from that point on that the Myers play was really probably about, about the game. Yeah. And even if that penalty doesn't come in, we talked earlier that you're, they've got fourth and one from about midfield. There's a decent chance they go for that. And yeah. 
you know, you run in Josh Jacobs, you know, you coin flip Josh Jacobs for one yard on fourth and one in the fourth quarter. And you, that's not a guarantee, a guarantee uh, turnover by any means. I, we, we discussed the, that penalty a little bit earlier. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it after I watched it back. Um, but just cause Jacoby Myers kind of cut and went back in a little bit of a weird way. So th- that was really hard on the defender, defender there to try to, anticipate that because he's expecting Jacoby to try to get, get the first down and he kind of just gave himself up and didn't even try for it, which the defender wasn't ready to, wasn't really ready for. So kind of, it, it's, it feels bad to get to that point and give up that first down. But like we talked about, there were already a couple of times where you, you lost out on points you should have had. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Will Lutz's day today. Um, he missed his first extra point and then he missed again on a kick from granted from 55 yards, but both of those kicks were wide, right. And obviously coming into this, this off season, there was the kicker battle going on. Lutz has only been in, uh, Denver for the last two weeks after getting signed, uh, after getting picked up from uh, this off season. Yeah. And I, I hate to be the one to do it, but Brandon McManus now on the Jaguars. So they cut this off season four or four on extra points and one of one on field goals today. So you make, you make those two kicks. That's a completely different situation. Uh, it really is. It really is. And, and you know, you, you miss, you miss the first extra point and then now it just kind of puts you in a, in something of a weird score situation um, because you get that second touchdown and now you're only up a field goal um, as opposed to being up, four points. Right. Um, and then, you know, same thing with the 55 yarder. like when they went down, if they had made, make the 55 yarder, now you're already up 16, 10. And then you drive down that, that where, where they, where they got, where they had a first and goal at the eight and then end up not scoring a touchdown. Well, that field goal puts you up 19 to 10. So and with like a, what was it like eight, eight and a half minutes to go. Um, that's a much different, much different game. There's no doubt about it that, that, that those two missed kicks, particularly the field goal, which again, 55 yards. Um, but, but that hurts you. Um, that hurts you big time. It changes the complexion of, of what you have to try to do. And, um, you know, he was really obviously dejected in the locker room says, you know, the hardest part about that for a kicker is your team has put you in a position to win, uh, and, and you don't hold up your end of the bargain. There's, there's not a crappier feeling than that. So, um, but you know, he's been through it, went through it last year, didn't have a great year. I think that's the worry, right? Is, is he, he did not kick particularly well last year and the Broncos are going to be in these close games and, and you have to have, you have to be able to trust your kicker. Um, and they, they decided to cut, you know, to cut theirs. Um, you know, Brandon McManus had his kind of down year last year, but he still hit 78% of his kicks. Um, and they, they asked him to kick some, some long ones, right? Last year, like. 64, 64 yards in week one. He had, he had a 63 yard game winner against the, against the Ravens. So he, he was putting, he was asked to kick some really long, long ones last year. Um, yeah, that, that was, that was difficult. Um, the other big thing for me was, yeah, was that last, that, that drive that got to the, got to the red zone where they had a first and goal at the eight. Um, I thought on the first down play, Adam Troutman kind of comes out in the flat I thought Russell Wilson had him like right away and and w- could get him the ball and then he would be able to get to the end zone. Well, then you see the play on the f- the, the next possession where the Broncos have to eventually punt their third and 11, get it out, get it to Troutman in the flat. He looks like he has just nothing but free <laughs> range to run and the safety closes on him in, in a heartbeat. And you see the difference between a guy like Greg Dulcich 
And again, this is not a knock on Adam Troutman, who is he's a he's a sure-handed, good blocking, reliable tight end. It's just they don't like that is a possession where you need a guy to to break a tackle, to make a move, to whatever the case might be. And and he might just not have that in his skill set, but you're pressed into playing a guy in that particular package, in that particular route, if your other guy at that position is injured. So um again, they just it, it all comes back to me to where Big picture wise, not having a pick inside the top 60 in the last two drafts, you these things start to show up in games like this. You When you see like that you just don't have the depth of, of speed, of, of playmaking talent, um, it starts to show up. Yeah, it does. The, the, on the injury front, the other thing we were hoping to hear from Sean Payton that we didn't get an update from was, was Caden Stearns going down. Um, he, we also don't have an update for him. He never, he didn't return from, or to the game after going down early. Yeah. He was, which is, he was ruled out right away. He, right. he got carried off on a cart. Um, you know, that, that, that looks like it's going to be a pretty significant injury. We typically find out the next morning through, you know, MRI and dis, additional messaging, uh, additional imaging, um, whether it is a, a, a full ACR. The, the murmur was that hopefully it's, they, they think that the ACL might be intact, um, but we're, we're probably pretty clearly looking at a, um, you know, a, a pretty serious knee injury that'll keep them out weeks, uh, if not longer. Right. So then that kind of beats up that secondary a little bit more. Um, Pat Sertain seemed to have a really good game today. Damari math has got beat a couple of times for the pair of touchdowns. Um, which, you know, that if you have a guy like Pat Sertain taking away a team's number one, the cornerback on the other side is going to see a lot of targets coming his way. Um, the first touchdown was a back shoulder throw that he played okay, but kind of wasn't in great position. The second one was more of a zone look that they kind of split the zone uh, with a good slant route. But if additional injuries to that secondary aren't going to be doing them any favors um, on a team that doesn't have a ton of depth um, beyond the kind of the starters in that area. Yeah. Like, and um, it wasn't just the, the touchdowns with Damari Mathis. He had a penalty. Um, yeah. I had a, had a couple other, other, routes that the guys got in front of him. Um, yeah, certainly wasn't the best outing for him. It's going to be interesting to see uh, Riley Moss, the, the rookie corner out of Iowa, the third round pick. Uh, he was inactive today, but they did, did not put him on IR after after cuts uh, because they believe that he could get back uh, relatively quickly from that core muscle injury that kept him out for training camp. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I do believe they are high on this guy. Um, you know, that they, they really like his, his sort of, uh, field awareness, his, his speed, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if, if he just steps right into that role. I mean, you, you, they traded one of next year's third round pick in order to move up into the third round this year, uh, and make an additional third round pick of Moss. Um, so it's going to be, yeah, it's gonna, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see whether, um, they just say, Hey, this is our guy. He's going to, he's going to be the starter opposite passer tan. And then that comes with its own headaches. Just cornerbacks. One of those positions where the learning curve, when you reach into the NFL, no matter yes. how talented a guy not, is coming out of the NFL, you can't. Yeah. The, the receivers at this, at this level are just better and faster and taller. And while you, you can put it together in practice and it may look great. There's just, there is a steep learning curve there. You're going to get, you'll see some of those double moves taken guys by surprise their rookie year. And um, so th I think yeah. that that's going to be a position that we have to keep our eye on over the next few weeks or, you know, the rest of the season to see 
how much good cornerback play they can get opposite Pat Sertan, Pat Sertan so that they can continue to uh, function well on defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I think a couple other things that just, I guess we should probably just touch on was, um, you know, Javante Williams makes his regular season return. Uh, and one of the, the funny stories in the, in the locker room afterwards was Javante Williams was talking about, you know, Max Crosby coming up to him and just telling him that it was, it was good to see him and like, just sort of like playfully hitting, you know, that, that injured knee tapping it in the huddle because it was week four last year when, when uh, Javante Williams suffered that injury and it was on a tackle by Max Crosby. And, um, and so, so Williams, you know, he's like, you know, he, he probably has a little bit of guilt for that or, or whatever. And he says, you know, it's part of the game. We all, we all know that, but I think it was, it was cool for Crosby to see him, see him in there. And I, I thought Javante looked good. You know, he had, he had 51 yards on thir- 13 carries, I believe was the line, um, you know, uh, broke a couple tackles, um, you know, not, not, not quite as impactful yet in, in the receiving game. I think one thing where you're going to see him still be taking a little bit of time is that, um, you know, sort of quick, quick acceleration after the catch. That's what, that's what's not quite there for me yet. And and they're getting him out on the flat a lot. I think the, one thing about the Sean Payton offense that I noticed watching the game today is there's a lot more built in like safety valve release for Russell Wilson. Like they are, he, he still took two sacks today, um, but but the overall pressure did not seem to be um, as debilitating. Like it, they, he wasn't allowing every single play to get wrecked by the rush. Like I, I thought they did a very good job of of having these outlets so that you're they didn't put themselves in a ton of bad situations. Like right, like you know, hey, we can sur- we can survive an incomplete pass on first down. We can survive only getting two yards on first down. What we can't take is you know, these first down sacks where our drive is already kind of, you know, toast. So I thought they'd done a, a lot better job of that. And Javante Williams was part of that. I think he's just going to progress into being able to, 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 to break tackles in those modes, to, to shake a defender in those situations more so than he probably was there. Um, and, but then again, and, and P Ryan, I thought w- looked really good. He had a 20 yard run. He had a, he broke a tackle and made a 12 yard run was the one that got them down to the eight yard line. Um, he had uh, four catches for, I believe 32 yards or 30, 34 yards, something in that range. Um, so he, he showed some ability to break tackles uh, in that facet of the game as well. So I think there was just a lot to like about what they're clearly trying to do, right? Is this, you know, they, they have this, you see it a lot. You saw it a lot with Mike McDaniel uh, when he was running the 49ers offense is this like, this pitch play, right? This pitch, but you're actually going inside, right? You, you, we all, we always think of the toss as like an outside play, but it's, it's sort of that way of getting the ball to the running back quicker um, and then allowing him to, to run inside. I think it's a really fascinating wrinkle um, that we did not see the Broncos use in their backfield last year. Yeah. And I did think that Javante, when he was running the ball, did look really good. We also we didn't really see any kind of downfield use of the running backs in the backfield, which even like one of the first preseason snaps for Williams, we saw him lined up outside. We didn't really see much of that today. I'm wondering, and part of that might just be that Sean Payton's offense is already is something that's going to be considered very complex. It's not something that 
um, you're going to have mastered the first week of, of the season. So it may just be that we haven't seen that offense fully unfolding. It may still be they're doing things that they think are in the comfort zone of both their, their running backs, the wide receivers, the quarterback, or Russell Wilson. Um, but that is something that I, you know, we didn't see any like downfield wheel routes out of the backfield. It was always just that safety valve kind of play. So I'm kind of interested to see whether or not we get more of that as this season unfolds and the offense kind of evolves into its final form. Yeah, I think, I think we'll definitely get that. That'll, that'll open up. That'll become a little bit more, um, you know, of, of a weapon that they use. I think um, getting, getting receivers into the run game is something that we saw a lot in training camp and in the preseason, I'm sure that will be something um, you know, that gets added to the mix. That was another thing we didn't really see um, a whole lot of today. I, I was a little bit surprised by, um, you know, the lack of Jaleel McLaughlin. And I do wonder whether, um, you know, like with a rookie, sometimes whether you you see a play right away that, that just doesn't necessarily inspire a ton of confidence. Like you have the seven yard loss in the thing. It was a play that he was sort of set up to fail, although we won't know, um, you know, until they look back through tape of, you know, hey, maybe maybe he was in the wrong, he read a wrong key or whatever the case might be. But, you know, he got to, you mentioned it early, early on in the pod, he he got face masked. I tweeted out like, what is it with these Broncos rookies and like getting ripped down by their face masks? You know, that happened to Marvin Mims in the last preseason game, almost got his head taken off uh, right in front of the, right in front of the end zone. Um, so that was his, that was his welcome to the NFL moment was right. Jaleel McLaughlin, his very first play on the field. And right. then, and then he has 15 a yards game. is 15 yards, you know, yeah. hey, exactly. <laughs> but then he had the, so then he, he had the, and then he had like a, another run that, um, that, uh, I, I think he, he was either no gain or lost yard, but it was a holding call anyway. So that, that play didn't count. So he goes, he goes down in the, even though he had simply, one catch, negative seven yards. I, I got to think they're going to find a different way to use him, to utilize him against the commanders next week. Um, so yeah, th- those are those are some of the things that I think that, that I think stood out. I think the bottom line, when when you know, sort of ten thousand foot view of this game. Look, I I think obviously that when you're talking about them wanting to be a playoff team, beating the Raiders at home. It was an important game in a lot of respects. They've lost six games in a row to the Raiders. There's part of this that just feels so inevitable sometimes for this team, and that's something that they're trying to shake. You know, Randy Gregory said in the in the locker room afterwards, um, he's like, you know, I I understand, and I'm sure that there's fans who might be saying, you know, here we go again. He's like, this we're a different team. We're a lot of different players this year. We know the work that we put in. Um, we just didn't get it done today. And, and while that's fair and, and certainly accurate, Mike McGlinchey said too, like, hey, when you're building in a whole new culture, you're bringing in new players, like these things take time. That's all fair. Um, but, the, but the bottom line was this, in the, in the task of trying to make the playoffs, this was a pretty important game just based on the schedule, based on what they'll have. But if this, if, if this was just sort of the very first step of what this offense could be, I think there's reason to be optimistic in terms of its overall functionality, but man, they're going to have to stay healthy. They're going to have to identify whether some of these young speedy guys like Marvin Mims, like Jaleel McLaughlin can have a more explosive presence in this offense. Because again, I just, I just look at it sometimes and say they are missing, missing that punch. They're missing it on the edges uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, And uh, you know, so they're going to, they're just going to have to play pretty darn perfect football um, I, I think sometimes to squeak out these wins. 
and they're going to need to make some dang kicks. They're going to need to make some dang kicks. We'll leave it there. We thank you guys for uh, joining us uh, for another episode, post-game episode um, of the Not Another Bucking Podcast. We'll come back middle of next week with another episode, and then we will also be back on here after next Sunday's game against the Commanders where the Broncos will try to even their record at 1-1. and Until then, thanks for watching and thanks for listening.